Thanks for being here, Mark. Yeah, it's my pleasure. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for the, uh, you know, the invite again. Two it's years, a standing invite for you. Almost two years running of a solid invite to these things. It's great. This is the Modern Dadhood Podcast. The. The Modern Dadhood Podcast. Um, Modern Dadhood is an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and the general insanity of being a dad in this moment and it's a common i'm gonna go back and underline conversation i think that's a key word of our beginning spiel it's a conversation your name is my name is mark check and i'm a dad to twin boy almost four-year-olds and my name is adam flaherty my two daughters are almost eight and almost five and you and i mark I think we should let everybody know we're mm-hmm. fatherhood experts. 100%. Like, I spent so many years in school learning how to become a dad. You were a bookworm. Uh, and now you're an expert. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't lie about it any longer, Adam. I'm not an expert, okay? You've pulled the wool over my eyes this there, entire time? There, I said it. Not an expert. Fine. If we're doing this, then I'll I'll commit. I, too, am not a fatherhood expert. We're just two dinks who love talking about being dads and celebrating the good stuff, complaining about the hard stuff, and bringing in guests who also enjoy talking about fatherhood. And who could maybe expand our perspective a little bit? Perhaps. And today's guest, Mark, you may know from appearing in... Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. You may know him from appearing in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sounds familiar. You may know him from being married to Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, Mark, mm-hmm. the amazing Tiffany Thiessen. Doesn't ring a bell. Or you might know him from his brand new graphic adventure novel for young readers called Louie and Bear in the Land of Anything Goes. The one and only Brady Smith. That's going to be a great conversation. Indeed. Uh, do you do you ever read graphic novels? Is that a thing for you? Are you into into that, or do you like them them word books? <laughs> I uh, actually, uh, when I read, which admittedly is like not nearly enough, it's typically nonfiction. Really? You go, you go nonfiction. I can see that. I like nonfiction books too. There's, there's a, there's a, I always sort of have one on the nightstand that I like to grab and just, but I, I love graphic novels. I think they're awesome. And I have, uh, no one's ever diagnosed me with, uh, ADD or like ADHD, <laughs> but I, I have sometimes a really hard time keeping a focus. Uh, but, but graphic novels, man, that's like, they're like made for people like me. Cause they're just, there, the action is right there. And not that you don't get to use your imagination, obviously. You still can use your imagination. But I love them. And I've recently started bringing them in to, uh, or, or like bringing my kids into reading some of them. And, and, I've, and I've discovered that there is a whole world of graphic novels for kids out there. I don't know why before kids, I kind of had it in my head that 
it was sort of like a dorky adult thing. Mm. Uh, like you're only going to see your, you know, you're going to get like your watchmen and move stuff like that. That's like definitely not at all for younger readers. But, um, but no, man, there's a whole, it's a whole genre like kids, you know, teens, all ages, uh, uh, graphic novels. And I am here for it. So when you're an adult reading a graphic novel, I mean, you can move through it pretty quickly, right? Because your, your brain sort of puts the story together. Mm-hmm. But I know that for me, so my eight-year-old daughter is into this series called Dog Man. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's a graphic novel and, you know, it reads like a comic. And she's, you know, she's a great reader and she moves through that book quickly. But I know when I try to read something like that to my five-year-old, my instinct is to try to you know, stop in between frames and sort of explain to her what's going on or, or, you know, relate some of the nuance that you get from the pictures, you know, in a way that she will understand. I know. I, yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's a, um, cause I, I don't like to do that with some of like the picture books. We talked about this with um, John Clausen, I think, cause he has some spreads that are very stark. There are no words, there's nothing going on, but, but yet, in the story, something really important is happening. I'm thinking of the page where, where like the, the fish who steals the hat finally makes it into the kelp forest where he can hide. And then the next page is the whale's tail entering into the same kelp forest. It's such a pivotal point, but there's no words or anything. And I never want to add anything to that. I want to just let my kids look at it and absorb it. You know? So do you look at it as an opportunity to ask them what they think that might mean? Or do you just completely just not address it and let them bring it up if they have if the light bulb goes off for them? Yeah. Or or just assume that when they revisit the book down the road, they're going to start to understand more of those details yeah. and make those connections. I only more recently have been sort of waiting till the end of the story to say what just happened in that story <laughs> to see what they've, cause there was just absorbing so much more and interpreting a lot more these days. That's usually what I'll do. I'll still stay quiet. And it's funny because sometimes I'll be quiet during a, a spread because there's nothing on it and we'll look at it. And one of my kids will say, read the words. And I'll have to say like, well, there's no words on this page. We just look at it. And then I got to get to the next one before they get mad that there's no words on the page. Have you ever fallen asleep while reading a book to them? No. Have you? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. When they were little. I mean, when we, you know, when we, we were a little more sleep deprived. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'd be reading. And, and I know that uh, my wife, the same thing happens, happened with her. You know, we'd be reading yeah. a book and then you you just get your eyes get heavy and then you stop reading and then 10 seconds later you get like an elbow in your side like read (laughs) hey hey what's next (laughs) come on old man (laughs) well this feels like the right time to welcome our guests so i'm gonna go ahead and bring up this music and then just like magic brady will be here Brady Smith is a husband, a father of two humans and many animals, as I understand. He's also an incredibly talented author, 
artist and actor. It's the trifecta of A's. And Brady's currently promoting his brand new graphic novel for young readers called Louis and Bear in the Land of Anything Goes. Brady, welcome to Modern Dadhood, man. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. I was looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So you have a six-year-old and an 11-year-old. Is that right? A six-year-old boy and 11-year-old girl. Yep. What's that like? Would you like to share a little bit about them? Oh, what's it like? Well, every day is totally different. So (laughs) there's that. Um, It's awesome. I mean, look, being a dad is just it's the most challenging, but also the, the, the best thing in the world. I, I absolutely love it. I mean, I'm happy being a dad. How do you guys feel? It's awesome, right? Oh, yes. We felt that it was awesome enough to, uh, to fire up a podcast about it so we could talk about it more. <laughs> <laughs> we think it's equally uh, as uh, challenging, though, at times. And so yeah. Adam and I found ourselves getting together in the real world, uh, years, years ago, right after, right after I became a dad, I have two, uh, boys, twins that are almost four years old oh, wow. at this okay, point. Cool. So he and I would get together and, and, and as friends and it would, the conversation would always go into that dadhood lane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so eventually Adam got this kernel of an idea, like, let's do this, but with microphones instead, see right. where that goes. I think it's funny, you know, when you're a parent, that's where the conversation always goes anyway, because ultimately it's your universe and there is really nothing else going on except <laughs> being a parent really. So I think uh-huh. when you're a, a parent, it just time speeds up, man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, my my daughters are almost eight and almost five, and the eight years has gone by in what feels like maybe a year and a half. Yeah, well, just the you don't really have the sensation of being bored ever again. Nope, right? Never. You know, never. Like, remember waking up and thinking to yourself, well, "What I'm going to do today?" <laughs> I don't think I do remember it, Brady. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's been so far removed from our thoughts that it's just. It's not about you anymore. Yeah. You know, like I, I think that's just really great. That, that's one of the things that we uh, we celebrate and sometimes commiserate about in, in this show. You are instantly in the same club for sure. <laughs> so, Brady, I feel like there's so much that we could talk about, but I wanted to first start off by asking you about your art. So sure. the work that you share on your website and on your Instagram. It's incredibly creative and it just spans so many different mediums. So I've, you know, I see you painting murals, your art is on skate decks and on beer labels, but I wanted to ask you uh, this. So I, I read that you've been keeping an illustrated daily journal for, is it like over two decades? Yes. Is that true? Yep, absolutely. Your illustrations are so detailed. I wonder like, how do you make time to do this? That's incredible. Well, thank you. Um, I, I chip away at it. You know, I can't do the daily journal at the beginning of the day because nothing's happened yet. Right. (laughs) And it's, you know, it starts from take kids to school in the morning to walk dog and then to put kids to bed at night and then everything that happens in between. So I I have been doing it for two decades. Um, I had never done a journal. I never thought about doing a journal. Um, when I graduated college, my parents, who have always been incredibly, A, wonderful, and B, supportive of my art and my sister's art, who's also a talented graphic artist, I was going to Europe 
and just doing the backpack thing for six months. When I graduated college, my dad gave me a journal and he goes, look, I don't want you to stop drawing, but also if something happens, that's interesting, write it down, draw it. Because when you're old, you will never remember ever anything that happened. And if you have it, you'll never forget it. Typical 21 year old. I'm like, yeah, dad, whatever. (laughs) But it was the longest flight I'd ever been on. I was bored out of my mind. So I just started drawing the, the characters that were sitting around me, you know, like the, the stewardess who was, had a chip on her shoulder for some reason. She almost had a long day and it went to, you know, the guy snoring behind me to my buddy spilling his drink and then boom, like a rocket. Here I am 20 years later, just illustrating and describing the little, you know, nuances that happened throughout the day. It sounds like it, this is a very cathartic thing to do. I mean, just keeping a, a journal in general can sometimes really, I mean, just a written journal or like a gratitude journal, you know, or any one of those mm-hmm. sort of things. But like, but then you also do that, you do drawing for work as well. I mean, that's, that's yep. an interesting thing to me that, that, I mean, I guess maybe also I'm assuming it's cathartic for you. So maybe the question is, do you find it cathartic? I do at times. There are days that are really special that I can't wait to do an illustration. Like if my daughter uh, pulls off a skateboard trick that she's been practicing for a long time, or if I'm uh, starting a gigantic uh, eight by 12 foot, you know, canvas Mm -hmm. or something. But, and you guys know this, most days are pretty, you know, regular days. Mm -hmm. So those are the days that I have to be like, okay, I'm going to draw myself walking the dog again. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to draw myself eating lunch with my kids again. So there are certain days where I have to, I have to make myself do it, but there, I w- I will proudly say that there in 20 years, there has never been a day that I've missed. Man, that, ever. that is, that's astounding. <laughs> it's amazing. Really. That's crazy. I, I, I mean, like I want to say too, like for anyone listening, go to bradysmith.com and there's some examples of this journal that we're talking about there. It is, it's not like a quick doodle. Okay. It's like there's detail in, in these illustrations. So this is no small feat. You know, the neatest thing, and sorry, I, I keep going back to this, but the birth of our children, you know, the day that I met my wife, the day we got married, the day she found out she was pregnant both times. I mean, literally that entire existence of our children is documented. It's funny. Yeah. That in some ways, when you're living your life, you know, the day to day seems unremarkable, but then when you have this, this collection that you can go back on it, just everything be- becomes so much more meaningful. So, so, um, you know, obviously Adam and I have read some of Louis and the bear, but, uh, cool. for our listeners benefit, uh, would you want to give sort of like the elevator pitch of the graphic novel? Sure. Yeah. Louie and Bear in the land of anything goes. It's about a little boy who moves to a town. He doesn't have any friends. His mom's basically like, go outside, get some fresh air. He has a pet hamster. They go outside. Uh, He falls into an intergalactic portal and he winds up on this alien planet where he has been uh, turned into what he was thinking about last Mm. on Earth. So he's automatically a Lucha Libra wrestler because he was watching wrestling on TV. And now he's standing next to a bear 
which turns out was his hamster, which also turns out that hamsters are always thinking about bears. <laughs> and then they have to kind of go through this alien world. They get sucked into a rescue mission. They have to save these kids from the evil clutches of what turns out to be their neighbor back on Earth that they have no idea. And uh, it's kind of a story about doing what's hard, but ultimately what's right and friendship. So I, I wanted, you know, in, in children's books and graphic novels and for young readers and stuff, I feel like there always needs to be a lesson. And I always tell my kids that, you know, a lot of the times when you do what's right, it's not easy. It's the harder choice. And that's one of the things that Louis faces in this book. So you seem to do a great job of, of tying in those lessons in a really natural way. And I wonder when you set out to write, you know, an adventure graphic novel, you know, comic book style book, does it for you, Brady, typically start with, you know, the characters and then thinking up these entertaining storylines and then sort of working towards the lessons or do you more approach it sort of the other way around where you're thinking about these themes that you want to hit on and then kind of, you know, backing into the storylines? Yeah, that's a great question. I honestly, I don't know if I've thought about it that way before. When I, anytime I start anything, especially, um, you know, like a, a book for a young reader, I, I try to think about what the heck I would think is cool if I was that age. Mm-hmm. What, what would grab my attention if I was, you know, between three and seven or eight and 12, which is basically picture books and young reader graphic novels. So that's how it started Louie and Bear for me. I was like, Star Wars, Calvin Hobbes, what would be fun? You know, and, and you have to, you know, speak to that, that age group. So I, I came up with a story. I came up with these wacky characters that I thought would be silly and fun to, to draw and ultimately to, to read. And then the lesson kind of almost is an organic thing that at least for me has happened where as I'm writing it and the kids get in these certain predicaments, like raising a child, right? When these predicaments come up and you have to quote, get your dad on, <laughs> I was just kind of getting my dad on to the characters. And that's how, you know, this particular lesson um, evolved in this book. Yeah. So you mentioned Star Wars. Were there there any other, you know, uh, graphic novels or comic books or things like that that sort of influenced you maybe as a kid or even when you started the process of this book? Was there anything that kind of, you know, bubbled up to the surface that that was inspirational to you? So I'm going to tell you guys a really funny story. And I'm only prefacing it a really funny story because. It's a pretty damn good story. <laughs> great. This is I'm great. excited. Yeah. Okay. And I, and yeah, I know it's going to be hard to live up to if it's not, but I feel like you guys will. Good be, luck. I think you guys will get a kick out of it. We're this. a tough crowd. Yeah. Here we go. I'm, I'm diving in. One thing about me that my wife loves to remind me about me mm-hmm. is that I'm kind of like, I'm like a Labrador retriever, right? Like my tail's just shaking. I'm just kind of happy to be here. (laughs) Now, that being said, I'm also a very spontaneous ants in the pants type guy, according to my elementary school teachers. (laughs) 
So we did You're Missing It, which was my wife and I, we collaborated on our very first children's book. It came out in April of 2019. And through that, um, my wife had actually done a cookbook. And my mom was an elementary school librarian, and she'd always wanted me to use my art to do a children's book. I never felt like I really had an idea that was you know, up to par. Um, so then cut to... Holt, our son, is about a year and a half. I'm in our yard, and I'm doing the one-handed push, pushing him in the swing with my right hand. I'm looking at my phone with my left. And my wife opens up the kitchen windows and screams at me across the yard, you're missing it. True story. Mm. That's the title of the book. A light bulb went off in my head. I was like, wow, this is very relevant. This is a good lesson. I went into my studio. I very amateurishly got eight and a half by 11 typing paper like a kid back in, you know, third grade. You staple them together, you draw, you make a book. And I brought that to my wife and I'm like, what do you think of this? She's like, it's adorable and it's relevant. And I'm like, sweet. I'm like, give it to your uh, literary agent. She's like, my literary agent doesn't do children's books. He does cookbooks. I was like, well, he's the only literary agent we have. So let's, what do we have to lose? Right. She was like, you know what? You're right. She sent it to him. And I don't want this to sound like I'm tooting my horn. It's what happened. He emailed back and he goes, I love this. I want it to be my first children's book. I'm going to send it out to publishers. We'll see what happens. Three days later, we have a bidding war on our hands. Yeah. Write the book. Book comes out. My wife and I do the book tour. It's we're, we're traveling together. We haven't done that since, you know, without kids wow. since yep. we've had children. Yep. And it was just a lot of fun. And our agent came in town. She's in New York. And she's like, what's your next idea? And I'm like, I have a bunch of children's books ideas. And she's like, I would like you to consider doing a young reader's graphic novel. Hmm. I had no idea what she was talking about. I mean, I wasn't, you know, my kids weren't at that age at the time to where I had been introduced to graphic novels for young readers. So I didn't really know. And she told me a little bit about him. She's like, you know, something like a dog man or just something fun like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Dinner continues. The next day I'm in my studio and I'm just kind of pondering, you know, the young readers graphic novels. And then I was like, dog man, dog man. <laughs> wow. That might, there might be something to this. Right. Mm. So I spend two weeks of my life, Writing Dogman. Oh, shit. Coming up with the world, the universe of Dogman, the creation, the characters, everything. Yeah. And then I write my pitch and then I perfect my pitch. And I spent two weeks doing this, not telling my wife what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm going to surprise everybody. <laughs> I send it to my agent and she immediately responds, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> this is hilarious. I am not only impressed by this joke, but the extent that you went with this is so detailed. You really committed, Brady. Yeah, you committed to it. And I'm reading this. I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? (laughs) And then about a second later, my wife comes in and she's looking at me. She goes, oh, my God. (laughs) I go, what? She goes, you really have no idea. And I'm like, what? She goes, do you know about Dogman? And I'm like, what I just sent? Did you like it? She goes, oh, my God, it exists. It's like the most popular thing on the planet at this very moment. You have never you, – you need to research. You need to, like, look at something. Google it <laughs> first. Yeah. 
she kind of lovingly tore into me and I'm like, oh, it does exist. Okay. So that was a very long answer to your short question of me getting into graphic novels. It was a mistake. (laughs) The question is, is you, how does your dog man compare to the existing dog man? You know, Adam, thanks for asking. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but I think it's pretty darn good. Nobody will ever see it. Yeah. I mean, we live, <laughs> we live in I, this sort of like, you know, re, we're always like rebooting current ideas world. Who knows? Who right. knows? It could work. The serious answer to that question. I, I went back to the drawing board um, and I just, I basically stared at my wall and went on lots of walks. It just, it, it eventually appeared and I just kind of ran with it. I mean, I was learning as I was going. Um, and there were moments where I had to walk away from my desk because I was like, I think every artist does this. Um, I, at least I hope I'm not the only mm-hmm. one. But, uh, you know, there were moments where I'm like, is this really good or is this the worst thing that's ever been done by a human being in the history of mankind? Yeah. Like, what what am I doing? Yeah, it certainly goes. These projects go through phases. Mark and I are both uh, in creative fields. Uh, Mark's an art director and I'm in video production. So we both certainly have that same experience of, you know, so, so focused so intently on something for weeks or months at a time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't look at it objectively anymore at a certain point. So exactly. Yeah. It's almost like you have, you know, like a horse with blinders on. You just it's it's all encompassing. You know, I have to my wife would be would would knock on the desk and be like, come up for air. You got to come up for air. Yeah. You know, take a breath. I think probably each week, at least once a week, I create the worst thing that any humans ever created. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's at least a weekly thing. But I feel like that's what keeps you grounded and honest. Yeah. Right. Like if you if everything you work on is you think the best thing in the world, then I think there's a problem in other uh, areas. <laughs> I do love, I, I was going to say too, I don't, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but some of the, some of the illustration style in the book is, is really reminds me of, of some of that like eighties, nineties kind of cartoon. I'm trying to remember the, the, like Rocco's modern life popped into my head as I was, as mm-hmm. I was looking through the book, like even a little bit of that Ren and Stimpy kind of style. Now that's, they get pretty psychedelic and crazy in that, in that show. Right. But, but I don't know. I was really, really digging this, this style that you chose. And I know it's really close to your fine art, art style as well. I think you referred to it as a uh, Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, coming from Texas and being so close to Mexico, I think that's kind of like, you know, the day of the dead. And mm. I just have always really loved that vibrant kind of edgy kind of like, I just feel like there's so much detail in your work that you could, spend an hour looking at one piece and still be finding these incredible little details that are so interesting. And, and a lot of the work that, that you share on your website, again, on your Instagram, things like that, it's not all kid themed, but I, what I wonder is, so your kids are six and 11. They're at great ages for you to be kind of living in this world and, and, and writing these books for people their age can you see yourself in five or 10 years from now still creating work for kids? Or do you see that 
Do you see that kind of evolving as they grow older and as you change as a dad? Well, that's an awesome question. Man, I don't know. I, as, as I'm about to turn 50 um, at the end of this month, which just blows me away. <laughs> However, I, you know, as a, as a middle-aged dude, when I'm doing these books, I have to make myself not think like a 50 year old dude. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a conscious effort on my behalf. There's a lot going on right in the world right now and making sure our kids are safe and just the, the little things that are monumental, um, are always in our minds because we are parents and we want the best for our loved ones. So when I do sit down and draw, I have to kind of escape from that realm of thought and jump into this other one. And that, that, that in itself can be a gift. So right now I'm in the six to 11 mindset. Maybe I'll be in a different mindset. I, I don't know. It's a great question. So uh, your so your website says that you're actually working on a graphic novel series, right? Should we are we are we going to expect more in the uh, in yes. the adventures of Louie and Bear? Yes, um, it's a two book deal, and I'm hopefully you can hear this. Knocking on the wood that uh, you know it does well and finds its audience, and I do more. Um, but the second book is already has been written, has been illustrated, is at Penguin right now, and is and is uh, it comes out in July. Great. And yeah, it, it it it's fun. It's like it picks up right where this one leaves off. Yeah. Well, there's certainly, I mean, the, the what I've read so far is certainly a lot of fun. I can't wait to get the actual printed version, and of course, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna collect them as they come out. So as long as they're coming out, thanks, man. I, I appreciate yeah. that. It's the neatest feeling as the author. You get a an advanced copy, right? You get to see the book before it comes out. And I never really thought about that. And then one day, you know, we get a package and I open it up. And I'm like, whoa, it's the book. It's a real oh. thing. It's like that with, with the other ones, with the children's books and stuff. But with Louie and Bear, I guess I just wasn't expecting it. And it just showed up and I just opened it. And man, it took my breath away because it was just the perfect placement of the top of the box. And then you open it and then bam, there was the cover. And I would be lying if I said I did not choke up and, and, and shed a tear. I mean, I full on did the, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome though. Well, congratulations. That's, that's well-deserved. So dads, uh, please check out all of Brady's amazing work at bradysmith.com. Follow him on Instagram at, Brady Smith here. Uh, you can pick up Louie and Bear in the Land of Anything Goes wherever you like to buy your books. We always recommend you go local if you can. You can also go to Penguin Workshop, their website. There's a link to purchase the book, and uh, we would love it if you bought it through there if you can't get it local. Brady, is there any, anywhere else that we can direct our listeners to sort of keep a beat on what you're up to? No, I think you covered it, man. That was perfect. All of our best to to your wife, Tiffany, and the kids. Uh, and um, congratulations on the book. Very excited to, to, to see the second one hit the shelves. So, um, so yeah, we just really appreciate the, the time and the conversation. It's great. You guys are doing a great thing, man. It's, 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 a, it's a really great podcast. So thanks for having me. Hey, Mark. Mark Andrew. Mark Andrew. Ah, yes, Mom, I'm coming, I'm coming. Do I understand correctly 
that you have an instant regret that you want to tell me about? I do. Hit it. So here's my recent instant regret. As you well know, sir, the Chekin family has been a little under the weather collectively, okay? All of us are a little bit exhausted and a little bit tired of, I'll say, sharing the same space as one another for this many days in a row without a break. So tensions are running a little high, okay? Okay. And at bedtime the other night, we were getting to the point where we, where we read our stories and the boys I keep all the books in their closet. Usually the routine is we open the door, turn the light on in the closet and we say, pick your book. And a lot of times they kind of both run in there together. And there's sometimes a little bit of a brotherly scuffle and then they come out with their books. But everybody was, as I said, like agitated, you know? So I, we were trying to, you go in and pick your book. You you come over here and we'll get your PJs on and then we'll switch. They just were not following directions. And when the one went in, the other one like ran over to the fumbled over me and Jamie to get to the door to slam the door (laughs) and shut him in the closet and went to like flip the lights off, which kind of a, yeah, it's kind of a funny thing. It's hilarious. But, but they were so, at like beyond tired and at the end of their, you know, rope. And so was I. And when I saw him reach for the door and, and slam it, I just kind of like grabbed his hand and redirected him yeah. and like spun him around. And as I did, I said, don't be a douche. <laughs> and I literally had like, I just like grabbed his hand. I push him. My eyes are closed. And I just, in an exasperated, like, don't be a douche. I can see myself doing that. And just I can see like, that coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I intended to say it like out loud or if it was one of those things where my, my brain was trying to just think it, but I, all my wires are all crossed and I'm tired and I just said it out loud. And I just immediately was like, Oops, like that's that's a bad that's definitely can't explain yourself out of that one. No, no. So uh, in a a moment of exasperation and and annoyance, uh, I called called one of my kids a douche (laughs) to his face. Did the word resurface at any point? Um, No, that's a miracle, which is I mean, it's definitely like that's not a word that they've ever heard before. And usually when you say a word, especially when there's emotion behind it, like the way that I did it. Um, yeah, that usually sticks and it, and yeah. they usually try it out as soon as they can. But I think to me, that was a sign that we, we were all like, nobody was listening to anybody and right. everybody was on some weirdo. I'm tired. I've had a fever for three days, kind of brain wave that it just, it went out into the ether and it dissipated luckily. But man, for like, I it was one of those where like, I broke out in sweat right away. Like, no, that was <laughs> not the best sweat. thing to say. Yeah, you have one of those one of those moments where your brain's like, oh, uh, uh, what, what do I do? Is this really? Did that really just happen? Yep. yep. <laughs> That's great. You got lucky. You got lucky that it just sort of blew over. 
I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll, I don't know. Maybe it rooted deeply into one of their, their minds and it'll come out, but nothing yet. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Don't be a douche. I think this is the last episode of 2021. Oh man, I didn't get you anything. You know, you gave me Mark, you gave me the gift of your friendship and your commitment to making our podcast what it is. The <laughs> gift of seeing you on Zoom to record our podcast together is better than any physical gift you could give me. Oh, well, in that case, I'm taking the physical gift that I did get you uh, back to the store. Oh, it came from a store. Okay, at least I know that. Listeners, you can find us at moderndadhood.com. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. Give me another one. Quick, quick. Oh, um, uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christmas pod pods. That's right. Santa pod. Wherever you listen, please subscribe to the show. And if you're feeling up to it, give us a quick rating, a review. And it is the Christmas season. So give us the gift of telling your friends about the show. You can find Modern Dadhood on social media platforms such as Instagram, such as Facebook, such as YouTube. There are plenty of t-shirts and dad hoodies available to purchase on our website, moderndadhood.com. I have to say, though, if you order one now, I can't guarantee that you're going to receive it for Christmas. But maybe. But maybe. if you've it's, worth been a, a, it's worth a try. If you've been a good little boy or girl. You can always email us at hey at moderndadhood.com if you have ideas for the show or topics or guests that you'd like to hear on our podcast. Or if you just want to tell us hello. If you want to say shut up, Mark. If you want to sort of write in and say you're not my dad, then that's fine. <laughs> you're yeah. not my dad. Hey, thank you, by the way, to Casper Baby Pants, Spencer Albee, for the delicious music that you hear throughout the, the the show did you know that music can be delicious did you know that thanks also to pete morse at red vault audio for mixing our show i can only check imagine. him out by the way at redvaultaudio.com oh he's on he the does internet? far more than podcasts you know i've recently seen a picture of his in home studio and that's impressive yeah, I mean, it's the real deal. He put a, he put a lot of thought and uh, planning and money into it, and it's an amazing studio. It ain't no chop shop, you know? Um, also, thank you to our, our wonderful guest, Brady Smith, for being on the show with us. Lastly, I want to take a moment to personally say thank you to you, to, not you, Mark, to thank you, the listener, uh, because you really are such a big important part of this show and i personally and i think i can speak on behalf of you mark we're so grateful that you are part of this journey with us and we hope you have a wonderful holiday and friends we'll see you in the new year Mother. <laughs>